Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Good morning. We've made it. This is the last instalment of the Wisdom series. And what a journey we've been on. The quest for wisdom has not been easy and it was never intended to be. The speakers over the last few weeks have done a phenomenal job of not shying away from those difficult passages. They've asked those uncomfortable questions and they've made us reflect on parts of our lives that maybe we haven't addressed before. My aim today is to try and reflect on all that we have learned and then send you out ready to live wisely. Quite an aim, you might say. And unsurprisingly, this means we're going to be focusing on Jesus this week. But today I hope to do something different. I hope for you to be able to look at Jesus afresh and potentially differently to how you've ever viewed him before. To view him as the example of living wisdom that everyone can follow. There's been a few big stories um, this year and this summer. But the one in the football world that I want to focus on today at the beginning is the transfer of Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. These two legendary footballers have dominated world football for the last 10 to 15 years. They have been on a level above anyone else. And people will say that they are in a league of their own, that they are almost superhuman, that they are a different kind of beast to all others. But as I was listening to the stories um, about them through their transfers this summer, there was two narratives that um, were formed, and they may be true or not, but they helped me with my talk, so I'm going to go with it. One of them is that Messi is just pure talent. He just has the gift. He turns up and he just, um, it just happens. He can see things that people can't see. He can do things that people can't do. He he almost doesn't need to train because he's just got it. Everything is easy for him. However, in comparison, Cristiano Ronaldo and anyone who speaks about him is quick to say he's got there because he's worked hard. He'd arrive at training before anyone else and he would leave after everyone has left repeating the same skill over and over again. And actually, I heard a lovely interview. Um, It was actually with a lower division um, manager who just happened to be on the radio at the time when the transfer was going on. They asked his opinion. And he told this little story. He said how he and his wife um, were going on holiday to the Caribbean or Caribbean. And um, there it was first morning and his wife said, I'm going to get up and I'm going to see the um, sunrise. And his husband was like, okay, yeah, that sounds like a nice thing to do, but I'm going to stay in bed. So his wife got up and went down to the beach um, to see this sunrise. And about five minutes later, um, ran back in and said, you never guess what I've seen. It's, it's amazing. You never guess what I've seen. He was like, what, what? Dolphins? Turtles? She's like, no, I've seen Cristiano Ronaldo training and running up and down the pitch, doing press-ups and sit-ups. He was like, oh, okay, fine. And during the week, his wife got up to see the sunrise every morning. And there was Cristiano Ronaldo training on the beach. 
And this manager reflected, he said um, a couple of things. He said, firstly, he was a little bit annoyed at his wife, but also secondly, that what kind of professional this man was, that even when he was on holiday, he trained to get better. And actually, the biggest thing that he was going to give Manchester United was not necessarily his talent at the moment, but the example he was going to set to the young footballers around him that may have a legacy for years and years to come. So I wonder how you view Jesus' life. Do you think that he was, he was God? So of course everything was easy. He went through his life, just, it just happened. He just knew what to do. He just saw the situations and he floated through um, just being God. Or do you see him being fully God, but also fully human? Having the same challenges that we have, having to overcome the same problems that we have to overcome, doing the things that we are being asked as Christians um, to do, he also had to do and think about as a human being. Do we think of him as relatable because of that? Or maybe you think of him like Messi as unrelatable, distant, something just to be glorified, or do you see him as a human being? I want us to see his life as a life of wisdom, an example for us all to follow. So we're going to reflect back over the series a little bit now, and I'm going to make some connections to um, um, Christ's life and show that he is that example. So let's reflect back on Proverbs. It celebrated wisdom and challenged us to search for wisdom as it's more precious than jewels and told us the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So as we approach Christmas, um, we are reminded of the spectacular events that happen at Christ's birth. The angels appearing, the choirs singing, the um, shepherds coming and worshipping, the kings um, coming and giving gifts. But actually, it's about a baby being born. And this baby wouldn't be any different to the eye to any other baby that you see around, maybe at, um, at one of the locations or a baby you know. He didn't come out having the full knowledge of God. It says in Philippians 2, it says he emptied himself and came like a servant as a, um, as, as a human. He didn't come out talking and preaching and doing miracles, lifting up toys. He came out as a baby. And this is emphasised by the fact that the, the only passage we have between the point when he's a baby and the point when he's um, baptised and preparing to go into ministry is about him in his youth, about 12 years old. And the story is about how he gained wisdom. So the story goes, he, him and his family went to the festival in Jerusalem and instead of going home with him, he, um, he stayed behind. And um, it says in Luke 2, verse um, 46, it says this, After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And then at the end of this little passage, at the end of chapter 2, just to round it off, it says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and men. 
Prob has cried out to us to grow in wisdom and stature and um, in favour with God and men. And that's what Jesus did. And so the question is, what is the example that he gave and what can we learn from that example? Well, it says he was in the temple courts and he listened to the teachers and he asked questions. What that looks like now is we go to church. We listen to the sermon. Are you listening? And we go to connect group and we ask questions. A very relatable thing, a very human thing to do and something that we can feed off complete, um, right now to see how Jesus lived. The living example of wisdom. Something that all of us can follow. The next book we looked at was Ecclesiastes and things got a bit murky there. Wisdom was suddenly looked like chasing after the wind, like smoke that we couldn't grab and, fall, um, and grab hold of. And when this happens, we need to say, well, where's our focus? How can we make the judgment of what is wise and what is not? And we can be tempted. So we had um, one of the questions in our Connect group was, when is it hardest to follow God's commands and promises? And we went round the group. And the answer was loud and clear from all of us. It is when he doesn't do what we want and in the, in, in the time that we want it. When he doesn't do what we want and in the time that we want it. How true is that? When things are murky, when we have to make a decision, when we're not sure what wisdom is, then we get these kind of other voices that come in. These other things that maybe say, oh, maybe this would be a better way. Maybe we can do it this way. So I'm going to go to um, where Jesus was tempted. Um, the Holy, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, this is after he was, um, yeah, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And he went to um, fast in the desert. And he didn't eat for 40 days. And at the end, it says in the passage, just to show that he was human, it says he was hungry. Yes, he hadn't eaten for 40 days. And I'm just going to go read through um, the the temptations, the dialogue between him and the devil that goes on here and just pull a few things out of it. So this is um, Luke 4, verse 4, and we'll go down to verse 12. And it says here, Jesus, oh, the devil, verse 3, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that he speaks. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in, the, in an instance the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I will give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of, um, of the temple. He said, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you and carefully they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, it is says, do not um, put the Lord your God to the test. And when I reflect on these things, these are things that would, I understand, would tempt Jesus. You see, he was hungry. 
He was really hungry. And when I'm weak and I'm hungry, and I think to myself, what can I do to make myself feel better? I think, oh, God would want me to have bread. God doesn't want me in this situation. But the thing is, Jesus recognised that he was sent out into um, the desert to fast. This is what God had for him now. And so he did not do it because he, wa he was recognising that he wanted to do what God wanted, not what he did. And then the devil led him up to the high place and said, you can have all the kingdoms. And this is part of his mission, was to, is to be ruler of all the earth, to be lifted high. And he might have thought, oh, this is a quick way of doing it. This might work. But this was not God's plan. Not at all, not bowing down to the devil. And not in his timing. And again, imagine the scene if Jesus was at the top of um, the temple and he'd thrown himself down and these angels swooped in and rescued him. Wouldn't the temple leaders, the, the priests, have said, surely this is the Messiah? There's, there's a quick way. But no, that's not the way that, um, that the God the Father had planned, the way that it needed to be, and not in its timing. And how did Jesus choose wisdom? choose the wisdom of God in this situation? Well, he repeated it three times. He said, it is written. When we're in that situation, when knowledge and wisdom is murky, when we are tempted to go the wrong way, what is the example that Jesus gives? Well, he goes to the Bible. That is the rock that he holds on to. We need to know the Bible. We need to meditate on it. We need to, when we have to make those decisions, we need to reach back to it and say, that is the rock, that is the truth. He was also filled with the Spirit. Um, Trevor actually texted me about an hour or two ago, just before I came in to um, do this talk, and he said he'd been praying, and um, he felt that he, to say that sometimes you can have knowledge but um, wisdom is knowing what to do with the knowledge. He said there's two verses in Isaiah. One says um, to forget the past and one says to hold on to the past. And wisdom is knowing what to do with that. So not just about knowing what the Bible said, but you also know that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is something we can ask for as well. When we don't know the way, when we need wisdom and not just knowledge of the Bible, we can rely on the Holy Spirit. And then we come, oh, I'd say Jesus showed us the life of wisdom, an example for us all to follow. We're now on to Job, and Dick and Hannah did a fantastic job with Job, showing us that when we are suffering, we need to rely on his promises and look at his perspective and not our own. And Hannah really challenged us that when we do not see God's perspective, when there are things going on that are unseen, do we have faith that the wisest thing we can do in a situation is know that we are not wise, that we do not have that perspective, but that God does and have faith and belief in him. So I want us to think about something. Did Jesus have faith? I think he did. I think he had that human experience. But the difference is, and the reason it's hard to think about this, is that while our faith may go up and down, Jesus' faith was unwavering. He constantly trusted. He constantly had faith, and he constantly looked at the Father. So it can be hard to see. 
But if we look at the definition of faith in Hebrews, it says having hope and confidence in the things unseen. And so if we look through, we'll be able to see a few times where it looks like Jesus had faith in the things unseen. So in Matthew 24, verse 36, actually, I might be going to the Luke one, actually. I may have that in here. Let's just find it. Oh, no, we're going to go Matthew. In Matthew 24, verse 36, uh, when he's talking about his return, he says, but about that day, no one knows, um, no, uh, or day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So the angels don't know, and not the Son, referring to himself, but only the Father. He had complete faith that he would return. He had complete faith in the process, even though there were things hidden from him, things were, that were unseen. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, my, one of my favourite parts of the Bible, in a very distinctly human moment, he seems to lose the big, big picture a bit, and he releases himself to God in faith. So we're going to go to Luke 22 and read from verse um, 41. It says, He withdrew um, about a stone's throw beyond them, that's from the disciples, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to them and strengthened him, and being in anguish, anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. For a moment, Jesus was saying, kind of saying, if there's another way, but this was the only way. This was the only way. And he needed faith to say, not my will, but your will. So what is the example when he's in that place of anguish, so much anguish that he has tears of blood? And when we're in that place where we need to have faith, when we are struggling and we're suffering, what is the example that he gives? Well, he prays. He prays. He is honest and he talks to the Father in heaven. But then he also submits his will and says, not my will, but yours. And what does the Lord do? He sends an angel to give him strength. You see, Jesus showed us how to live a life of, life of wisdom, an example for us all to follow. So we have reflected on Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Job and seen that the life of Jesus, the life of the living Jesus, is an example of wisdom to all. But you might not feel like, you know, it, this applies to you. You might not feel that this is something that you can do. And I want to say this is an example for us all to follow. I'm going to read um, um, from Paul's letter from 1 Corinthians um, 1, starting at verse 26, and show you that the gospel, the way that Jesus did this, the way that he set this up, means that you can be involved. It says this, Brothers, think of what you were before you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, not many of you were influential, not many of you know from noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weakest things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one can boast before him. 
It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. The way that Jesus did it means that if you feel weak, it, he will use you to, um, to make you strong. You might not think you're wise by human standards, but if you follow Jesus and have faith in him, then you will get wisdom, the wisdom of God. If you don't feel you're influential, or you don't feel you can speak well, you don't have many friends, that does not matter. If you don't think you're from a good family, that does not matter. The gospel says he makes the weak strong. He uses, um, um, he uses the lowly things, the despised things, the things um, that are not, the things that are not right, so that no one can miss. That's who he uses. He's calling to you. Everyone can follow. And as we come close to um, the close, I just want to read one more passage. This is from Colossians 2. Um, Paul is um, building his church and um, he says this. He says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and are united in love so that they may have the full riches of the complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is my hope for you. This is my hope for Freedom Church, that you will come to have the knowledge of Jesus Christ, where, um, in whom, all, whom are hidden all the treasure, treasures and wisdom of knowledge. That's where you can find it. Come to Jesus. Follow Jesus, talk to Jesus, walk with Jesus, let Jesus be your teacher. Pray to him, come and listen to talks, come to church, go to connect group. Search him out, because as you search him out, you will find wisdom. You will find the example for everyone to follow. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to come to earth, who is fully God, but also fully human. Help us to see him afresh, not as something, someone who just did things and therefore is just something to be admired, but as someone who is real, someone who walked in our shoes, who struggled but overcame them, and therefore is the example for us to follow. Lord, let us get back into your word. Let's, let us be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us go out and live a life of wisdom, following you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you have a blessed week and I look forward to seeing you all soon. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.